you've arrived at Earth 919. Hello and welcome to another episode of Earth 919, a comic book podcast for comic book reviews and news. I screwed that up, but whatever. Uh, I'm your host, Matt. With me as always is my co-host, Ian. What's up, Matt? How you doing? Screwing it up as usual? No, I'm just kidding. Yep. Busting your balls, man. Yeah, you know, I just realized I screwed something else up, but we'll get to that later. Um, so, Ian, on the eve of Christmas, here we are. We are joining together here for a a special delayed Into the Spider Verse review this week. We've got some Hellboy, some Men in Black, some Mandalorian news, and at the end of the episode, we each got each other a gift. One of us has the gift. One of us doesn't, but we'll still be exchanging nonetheless. So, with that said, Ian. Do you have some shout-outs? Yeah, I got two shout-outs this week. First shout-out goes out to Superhero Poll Plus. They've been supporting our polls for months, helping us continue to grow and continue to have fun with the polls. So thank you guys for that. You can follow them on Twitter at Superhero Poll, or you can use the hashtag SHPoll18. Sorry, I'm having a hard time reading this. Uh, to find any comic book-related polls. Second shout-out I have this week goes out to Comics The Gathering. They're a comic book shop in Tacoma, Washington, home of Earth-919's comic book box. I want to give a shout out to Jesse and Matt, who hopefully they had a good holiday season. They had a bunch of toys and shit going on in their store, a bunch of deals. So it was awesome. You can follow the shop on Instagram and Twitter at Comics the Gathering, or you can hit them up on their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Comics the Gathering. And that's spelled C-O-M-I-K-S, The Gathering. And remember, come for the comics, stay for the games. Matt, that's all I got. Let's do some news. Let's do some news. So starting off with some Star Wars news. Uh, we've got a rumor that Bosk and IG-88 famed uh, mercenaries, bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back uh, will be in the, out, in the Mandalorian, the Star Wars TV show, um, and that the show will be taking place in the Outer Rim. Now, Ian, did you, as a youngster, have a favorite of the bounty hunters from the lineup, aside from Boba Fett? I didn't even know that they had names. Until very oh, yeah. very recently, oh, uh, maybe like have... two three years ago, I actually knew that they were somewhat known characters, like in the lore, like they had some history going on to them. So, yeah, I didn't really know that, but I don't really have any interest in these characters. I mean, uh, maybe do you know who they are? I do know who they are. Uh, Bosk okay. is like the lizard one, right? Correct. And IG eight eight is mm-hmm. is that the robot one? Correct. The assassin robot. So yeah, I do know yeah. who they are. The other one's Dengar. He he was pretty popular. They got the bandages all over him, and he uh, right, he actually right. made an appearance in the Star Wars comic uh, by Jason Aaron. And uh, yeah, it's kind of exciting to see that they'll be doing some ties to the original series, uh, and that they both made it through all that. But it's really, if anybody is like me, grew up, you know, throughout the '90s, and you had a uh, Star Wars card deck. As a young boy, you would uh, you're very intimately aware of all the bounty hunters. They were very expensive cards. They're worth a lot of money. Um, for some reason, Slave One was one of the most expensive cards you can get at the time. But nonetheless, that's funny. I remember those cards. I remember how much you were into those cards. Those cards were cool. Oh yeah, they were cool cards. They were cool. I was actually like trying to. I unfortunately, our parents have no uh, have had no care for. Uh, preserving anything from our childhood because uh, my parents, our parents definitely didn't save any of those. No, they didn't. Um, they threw them away. Because I, yeah, I had a uh, Dragon Ball Z cards, Pokemon cards, Star Wars cards, comic cards, not necessarily in that order. And uh, none of those existed, exist in this current time zone. So, or time frame. Anyways, so, Ian, we've got two trailers here. And I thought we should start off with Men in Black International. Mm let's see so, um for those that don't know that uh, men in black actually started off as a comic book and before it was a movie with uh tommy lee jones and will smith and now it is being rebooted uh so we thought in, with tessa thompson and chris hemsworth as the leads uh tessa thompson is playing m and chris hemsworth is playing h i think i don't recall uh liam neeson is also in the movie uh Ian, what do you think I know you said you. Uh, it's been a long time since you've seen Men in Black. Yeah, I saw the first one when probably like two years ago after it actually had originally come out on what would have been VHS at the time. So 
I'm not too familiar with Men in Black, but this trailer makes me interested, I guess, solely based on the names. But I feel like I've been fooled recently from trailers that have big name actors in it that are reboots where I'm like, oh, this has to be good. And then it ended up sucking. What was the most recent one? Uh, have you? Was it The Predator? Was that earlier this year? I was going to... The Predator was earlier this year. Okay, yeah. And did that one have, is it Keegan Peel or Keegan Mike and Key or the guy from yeah, Key and Peel? Keegan, uh, yeah, Keegan Michael Key was in it. I okay, think. I'm pretty so sure. pretty sure. I thought I thought that movie was going to be good, and I didn't think it was very good. So um, we'll see how I feel about this when it comes out more. I'd like to see another trailer and kind of get a little more information. But right now, uh, it looks all right. And Matt, you have more interest in Men in Black. You have more experience with them. What do you think? Yeah, I actually ended up uh, watching. I watched a TV show. There was a cartoon series after oh, the first movie came out, and that's I, that right. was a big, that was a big part of the lineup. WB Kids, um, right? Yeah, man. There's a lot of the Predator, Predators. I'm trying to find, uh, make sure it's Keegan Michael Key. Um, but anyways, I uh, yeah, I remember the first movie when it came out in theaters, and I vaguely remember the second one, and I don't think I ever saw the third one. But that was Will Smith was on top of the world at that point and it was keegan michael key he was in um that's weird that he was the draw for you for the predator it was well have you seen key and peel oh yeah no i love him it's just funny out of everybody in there he was the he was the pull but yeah he, i mean i like him i i don't know i don't know why that's weird i think he's i think he's a good actor so i don't know not not sterling k brown or olivia munn or thomas jane or i you know, can't just... i can't stand olivia munn she is annoying. I can't stand her. But anyways, um, yeah. So back to Men in Black. I I, re- I remember when the movie came out, and um, I kind of rolled my eyes when this was announced that they were going to reboot it. But you know, everything's a reboot. That's what happens now in this world. That's true. Um, we live in the alternate reality where reboots are a thing. I'm sure I would love to live in a reality where that's not a thing, but it unfortunately that is not possible. So this coming out was. Eh, but um, seeing the trailer, it actually kind of looks interesting. And I said at the beginning that we thought it was a reboot because there was some photos or there's like some paintings in the in the that kind of made it look like it was like Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. So maybe this is a sequel. But for all intents and purposes, I this this will never live up to what was supposed to be. Um, so I don't know if you remember the Sony leaks from like 2015, 16, somewhere in there. Um, it, where they revealed that they were actually planning the sequel to 22 Jump Street to be 23 Jump Street MIB, which would have been the greatest uh, trick that has ever been pulled. It would have been the greatest crossover sequel that I think I ever could have imagined for either of those series uh, or franchises, but unfortunately that is uh, no longer the case. That would have been the most fantastic thing i'm smiling right now thinking about how awesome that would have been wow that would have been really good really really good the worst reality where reboots are a thing and 23 jump street mib didn't happen 23 jump street mib would have been awesome put it on the poll are you all in for 23 jump street that's awesome uh that's so cool how have i never heard of that yeah, I'm actually really surprised. That's a very, very specific thing to have no awareness of. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. Well, because when we, I mean, just a little behind the scenes here, you're like, oh, I don't know anything about MIB. I'm like, well, it's a reboot. Like, oh, wait, what? Uh, so when you, I, you when really... I said I literally don't know anything about MIB, that's, I wasn't joking. I don't know anything about it. I'm not, not too familiar with it. But, well, it's not true. Like I mentioned, I've seen the first movie when I was a kid, but... I don't know. When I wanted to get back into it, when the third film came out, I had somebody tell me that the third movie wasn't very good. So I kind of just didn't really have any interest to get back into it at that point. But I mean, if I had the movies, I'd be willing to watch them again. I feel like I've seen bits and pieces of the second movie though. Two isn't good either. Two is uh, Rosario Dawson is a alien princess. And whenever she cries, it rains and it was just stupid. The first one is, I, well, I should say I haven't seen it in probably 15 years, but I remember the fir- enjoying the first one very much. So, but hopefully this one captures the fun. I thought that Chris Hemsworth would be kind of the loosey goosey. Well, it seems like he is kind of like a little wild, but I thought he would 
be playing more of the Will Smith character, the outsider. Uh, but it appears Tessa Thompson is doing that. Maybe it's his daughter. Maybe that's oh. what they're doing. Because she, she, you hear her talking. It. She's like, I've been searching for twenty years, and and maybe, uh, maybe that's what's going on. But who knows? I would hmm. love. I just if it's just make it a sequel. It doesn't have to be a reboot. They could literally just do a sequel. Don't understand it. Anyways, well, let's talk about another reboot here again. Uh, Hellboy got a trailer this week. And this is our first look at the reboot of the uh, franchise here. So, um, what did you think, Ian? Oh, I thought it was awesome. Hellboy. Oh, this this trailer looked really good. I thought Hellboy aesthetically looked great. I thought that the tone of the trailer fit very well. I was worried about when they initially announced that this movie was going to be more serious, that it was going to be too serious, and it was going to maybe be a little too dark, but I felt like the trailer, if the movie follows suit with how the trailer was, I think that this movie will be really good. Because it, it encapsulated a lot of his same uh, humor that I would say that the original movies had. So I thought it was really good. But I'm not too familiar with the storyline that it follows. It's called Darkness Calls. So There's like three storylines are following. So uh, at least the antagonist is from Darkness Calls. I'm going to have to start mm-hmm. reading up on Hellboy and uh, get more adverse with this before this movie comes out. But it looks awesome. Matt, what do you think? I know you love the original ones, so I imagine you like this one too. I uh, I like this one. I Or I, excuse me, I like the originals. Excuse me. Um, I revisited them recently, and they are kind of campy they're you know but they're they're still pretty fun they have a really great story and they really captured the hellboy spirit and when they announced we're rebooting hellboy which i thought is completely unnecessary because i would rather see hellboy 3 happen um i thought okay they said we're going to be more serious it's going to be more horror horror oriented so i thought okay i can get on board with that you know maybe they make this more scary because he deals with a lot of like monsters and myth and urban legend and stuff like that so it's like okay i I can kind of get behind that uh but then this trailer came out and it was a carbon copy of everything that we saw from the original hellboy series yeah um and so while it nothing is bad i just kept thinking to myself we already got all this why do i need this again like why why didn't they just move forward with three and have him take over the role if ron perlman wasn't gonna do it or like why are they rebooting this i don't understand that doesn't so it just seems like why 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 does the, why do we have to have this reboot we you could just make this a third or you could have just continued with the original cast i'm sure it'll be fine i just don't this doesn't get me excited i thought this was if it's going to re- be a reboot it's going to be a totally different tone and it is a carbon copy of the original movie jokes and all Hmm. Man, that's that's disappointing. Disappointing you think that, but I don't agree with you. I think this movie's going to be good. Mike Mignola is attached to be writing this movie, so based on that alone, I have a lot of faith in this movie. I think that because he's attached to it, it's going to have more legitimacy as turn it, excuse me, legitimacy in terms of how good the story actually will be fleshed out how well we're going to experience the character, but I get, I, I just don't understand why getting more of what we liked before is a bad thing. Cause I think it's I a good thing. I don't understand why it has to be a reboot. And it's, it's just, it's strikes me as like, what's the point of this? I thought if you're, if you're going to reboot, like what's the point of like, if they re when they inevitably reboot Iron Man in like 20 years or whatever, I'm like, you're going to get a, an actor to do the exact same Robert Downey Jr.? No, you're going to try and do something different. And it just seems kind of frustrating to me. Why would you do more of the same? Why wouldn't you... Or why would you pick that tone to highlight in the trailer? Even if that's not how the movie is, highlight something different. Show people that it's different. But instead, it's literally a carbon copy of the first movie, even down to the fact that he's going to, at some point, going to have to go like full embraces darkness or whatever with the horns and the fire crown and everything it's like well we already saw all this what's the point i'm sure it'll be fine i'm gonna see it in the theater i'm just saying it's just seems bizarre that they would highlight 
the exact same things from the first movie. You'd think they'd want to differentiate themselves. Maybe that's not what Mike Mignola wanted. Maybe that's his well, maybe objective. Not, maybe he's trying to trick us. Could be. Hey, and you know, trailers have been known to deceive people. That's true. Uh, but I got to say too, Ian McShane as uh, Trevor Burtonholm is, or Bruttonholm, nah, nah, get him out of there. I don't, that doesn't, that does not work for me. <laughs> You'll never top uh, John Hurt perfectly encapsulated the character. Ian McShane is much too, that's like making, um, oh, um, that's like making Jeffrey Dean Morgan, um, Thomas Wayne. Like, it's just, it's like, no, no, no. It's too much, too much. Uh, there's too much paprika on that sandwich. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I, I think Hellboy's going to be all right. The only thing I didn't like was there was no Ape Sapien. What the fuck? But there is going to be Lobster Johnson. So I did know Especially that. after we just saw that, that, you know, we just read that book last week. So, you know, I'm okay with that. I just want, just just do something original. But I do like the cast. I think David Harbour's great. And he does a really good Ron Perlman in, as Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man i think i think he does good i think it's too early to judge his hellboy honestly but like i don't know that's just my opinion i'm but maybe i'm biased honestly because i love hellboy and i really enjoy the character a lot and i've always enjoyed reading the character so i'm always april, gonna lean towards being a hellboy supporter but yeah april it's coming up april's coming up yeah oh yeah and so it's gonna lead from darkness calls the wild hunt and the storm and the fury so. Add those to my list. Yeah, I gotta gotta read up on those. Um, so that does it for the news this week. Uh, all we have left is well, not all we have left. We got plenty more to deal with, but uh, so we are gonna talk about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Miles Morales. Brooklyn! I'm the one and only Spider-Man. At least that's what I thought. You ever hear the Super so, Collider? Ian. We are a week late on this boat, but that's okay because you couldn't see it until now because of your, um, what did you say you were doing? You were, you were on the run. You said the cops were out for you. You said you're, it was too hot. You said the heat was too hot outside. They were looking for you. You know, that scene in the animated Hercules movie where yes. he has to go into the pit and there's like, he's going into the pit and there's like the souls grabbing at him and he's like trying to to get whatever he's trying to get. You know what I'm talking about? So uh-huh. that's, imagine that. That's what my work has been like for the last uh, two, three <laughs> weeks. So uh, okay. I work retail and that's exactly what it's been like. So unfortunately I have been able to go see that movie the week it came out, but I was able to see it last week and now we are reviewing it. But yes, that's what it's been like my last couple weeks. If you can imagine that. So there was a couple times I was, I just for the listeners, I, there was a couple times I was expecting, I thought you were going to see the movie. And about midday, I was like, it's kind of weird I haven't heard from Ian because, you know, as we'll talk about more in detail, I expected like, almost like him jumping through the phone to tell me how much he, in, you know, what he felt about this movie. And uh, you you hadn't seen it twice. And I was like, come on. And then sure enough, you saw it. And I got the reaction I expected from you, which was, uh, we'll reveal later. But Ian, before we get more into this, kind of what was your mindset before we saw this movie? What did you think before um, going into it? What were your expectations? So I, because of reading the comic of Miles Morales that recently came out, and me going back and reviewing his origin and trying to catch up as much as I could, I realized that they're probably not going to cookie cutter keep his origin from the comic book to what this movie was going to be. So I realized that I can kind of breathe easy knowing that I'll just enjoy the movie the way it is, especially since it's a PG movie. So they're not going to throw too much at you. I imagined, um, I was really excited going in cause miles Morales is one of my favorite characters in comics. He is my second favorite character, but I, I was I guess I was worried because it was an animated movie. I hesitated, but the only thing I didn't know was that Spider-Verse comics book storyline is really confusing. And 
I was really worried that it was going to be too convoluted for people in the theaters to understand. And if it was too confusing, how would people embrace Miles Morales? This is going to be their only experience with him was going to be this. But this movie did a really good job. And uh, yeah, those are my uh, thoughts going into it, though, Matt. What do you think? Did you cry walking into the theater when you bought the ticket? No, I just I really wasn't that interested in this. And it just seemed kind of like a weird... So Sony has a track record of bad Spider-Man movies. So this is a Sony production. I assumed can't expect much, but it's Sony Animation. Sony Animation makes Hotel Transylvania movies, and those are pretty fun. And my kids love those movies, and I actually enjoy them too. So going into this was a little mixed bag. I wasn't can't really say I was excited. I definitely didn't go into it um, with pretty much any expectation. Um, I thought the animation style looked pretty cool off the trailer, but even like watching the trailer when it came out was kind of off to the side. It was like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that later. And um, so it really went in with knowing that it was getting good reviews, but not really expecting much. Um, and I gotta say that I was blown away in almost every single respect. Um, we can get into more specifics here in a minute, but I really cannot under I cannot undersell enough how much I enjoyed this movie, um, how just well crafted, well put together the whole story was, and I still I just can't believe this came from Sony. I just cannot believe it. Um, so now we've got into that a little bit here, Ian. Um, what kind of stood out to you where, you know, let's just go from here. Non-spoiler. We'll do, we'll cut into spoilers a little bit later here. Um, what'd you think? I mean, highs, lows, mids. I think what really stood out to me was how well each scene transitioned between one another. It was really smooth and it had to juggle having a lot of different characters on the screen at the same time and introductions of different characters and motivations of different characters. And at no point was it ever convoluted and you didn't know what was going on. It gave you dosage dosages of what you were looking for in the story exactly as you needed it. And I think it worked perfectly for them. Perfectly. Secondarily, they did a really good job with music in this movie Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed the soundtrack that they had a lot and i felt like it really fit the personality of miles morales as i imagine him when i read him in the comic books really well so i love that and i loved the way that they changed certain elements of his origin but it didn't take away from who he was and it didn't change in the end who he became but yeah so what do you think um so i was gonna say just as a brief kind of uh, overview um, this is the story of Miles Morales as how he becomes Spider-Man. He encounters Spider-Man. This is a different Miles Morales in the comic books. This is one that exists in a different universe than that Miles from the books. So it's not Miles from 1610. It's not Miles from Earth or from 616. It's a completely separate Miles. Um, but this is his story of how he gets his powers through means that are revealed in the movie. Uh, a rift is open other Spider-Men from different universes are pulled into his universe. Um, we've got Spider-Gwen, we've got Spider-Man Noir, we've got Spider-Ham, we've got um, Penny Parker, mm-hmm. and um, a version of Peter Parker. And they all team up to um, overcome an enemy. And uh, so with that in mind, what's incredible to me and what you already hit on, Ian, is there's there's a ton of characters in this movie um, you've got Jake Johnson, or Jake Johnson is the titular Spider-Man. We also have, um, Haley Steinfeld does the Spider-Gwen. You've got, um, who does the, I think it's Kamiko Glenn does the Penny Parker. And we've got Shamik Moore who does Miles Morales. Oh, and, um, the always, the, the small, you know, kind of indie actor Nick Cage does the he uh, the voice of Spider-Man Noir and John which is Mulaney awesome. Is Spider-Man. Which is awesome, awesome. Yeah, I guess we should say that with those four, and that's not really a spoiler. Which one of those, aside from the the main character, was your favorite? Um, I'd probably have to say I really like the Spider Ham unexpectedly because mm-hmm. I thought that that was going to take away from the story at multiple points in the story, 
And I really tried to go into the story with an open mind, and especially with that character, and it fit perfectly. So, really like Spider-Ham, but my favorite character, or one of my favorite characters in the Spider-Verse is actually Penny Parker. Uh, I actually have the original comic of her origin. It's written by Gerard Way. I really, really have always enjoyed that character, so it was really cool to kind of see her get on the screen. But, uh, yeah, which one did you like? I think I already know. Oh, do you? Yeah, I think so. Um, I was actually gonna say the Jake Johnson guy. He, uh, Spider-Man. I think he, 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 he has a real load to carry in terms of he's helping, uh, Miles kind of develop and become his own Spider-Man. And he's also going through some things that, um, are a little spoilery, but he, he has a growth that you see in the character. So he's carrying a lot of the load. I'd say the next might, but, uh, behind, behind him, it's probably Nick Cage. I didn't think we were going to be able to pick Jake Johnson. Otherwise, his Spider-Man would have been my pick. But I figured, excluding Jake Johnson, you would have oh, picked yeah, Spider-Man Noir. Yeah. So I was right. Yeah, Nick, yeah, he's Nick Cage. Um, but with all that said, even all these characters, the, the still Miles is the star. There is no doubt he is the star. Yep. He has the he is such a fine line, and that's really one of the things that makes this movie stand out to me is the ability that they had to have so many people that easily could have taken the spotlight and miles is still the star. He, and you are gripped into his, uh, path hero's journey from the get go. Um, there's also some other people that are surrounded. He's got his uncle, um, uncle Aaron, uh, played by Marshall Ali, who, uh, you'd know from moonlight and, uh, he's Cottonmouth in Luke Cage uh, you've got, um, I should probably have the whole cast up here. I'm going off the top of my head. Uh, who That's never a good thing. Um, hey, I'd say that I was doing pretty good so far. You are, By, yeah, actually, you were doing pretty good. Chris Pine was the original Spider-Man in the multiverse. One yeah, of the Spider-Mans. Let's, let's save that. Yeah, let's save that for a little bit later. That's a little more spoilery. Mm, it's, kind of so. the, it's kind of the twist in the movie there, Ian. No, it's multiple Spider-Man. It's a Spider-Man movie. Uh, we've got Catherine Hahn plays, uh, Olivia Octavius. You've got Liv Schreiber, Wilson Fisk, uh, Lily Tomlin is Mae Parker. You've got Luna Lauren is Rio Morales, Miles' mom. Brian Tyree Henry is Jefferson, uh, Jefferson Davis, Miles' dad. Um, it, it was just a, a stack cast and that, that was one of the things that just really stood out to me was how well they were able to focus on him. Um, now what do you think kind of about the story and where, where they go from there and how, you know, how miles, I mean, some, I, I guess what, what's next? Well, we can talk about, um, maybe miles's, uh, origin and the differences between the comic and the movie. I don't know what you kind of noticed. Um, I don't know if really talking about some of those differences are spoilers. I don't really think so, but. Yeah, I just there were certain elements that they changed, um, certain characters, certain things happen, and um, I don't know. I thought that it was going to turn me off to the movie, and I'm speaking particularly non-spoilerish right now, trying to avoid things. But um, I would say that if you're going to the movie expecting to have the same experience you had with Miles when you read the book, you got to go into it with more of an open mind, honestly, and understand that it's a kids' movie. Uh, as well but yeah um you know what's funny is i thought that my fiance's very limited experience to the daredevil show really helped her understand kingpin in the movie because i don't Mm -hmm. think she really under would have understood who that was and unless she had seen that show because as soon as the characters were like saying wilson and fisk she totally understood who he was and understood his motivation so i thought that was kind of funny so yeah, so I guess that's a good segue to, you know, talk about him and, and uh, the art style. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a huge factor in this movie is the art style. Um, and, I you know, really that's what was the big draw. I mean, Sony is trying to patent the style, which is pretty cool. Um, it is very unique. I've heard people range from loved it to it was a big turnoff. But I think it's um, it's very loud. But I, I frankly loved it. I thought it was fantastic. It worked very well for the story. Um, it, you know, especially it kind of accentuates. It's like a, a comic book art, but it's got like pop art to it too. Some elements of it is neon, 
And then you also have these different contrasting styles as well with Spider-Man Noir, where he's just black and white, or uh, Penny Parker, who's drawn an anime style, uh, which I thought were they contrast really well. But you've got things like Wilson Fisk, who is gargantuan uh, with a teeny tiny head. Did you uh, did you like that? Um, just the way the look of the movie and everything. I loved the art style completely. There were points throughout the movie I forgot I was watching an animated movie because the characters were encapsulating me so well. It was that good. It was really really great. And at no point did any character look funny to me or look weird or have it you know stand out to me in a negative way. I thought they were all done really good, especially the villains. They I thought their rogues gallery was done really well. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about some of the villains in this movie. Um, none of them are real. I, I think everything was revealed in the in the um, trailers and stuff, but we've got the Prowler. If you're familiar with Miles Morales' um, background, uh, I don't know, should I, I guess spoilers, maybe not for the comic book. Aaron Davis is the Prowler. He is in the comic books, and he is in this movie. Uh, we've got Scorpion, Green Goblin, Doc Ock, Kingpin, Tombstone. I'm trying to think who else is anybody else I'm missing? Ian, there's Scorpion. The Rhino was there. Was the Rhino there? Did you mention the no, Rhino? He was. No, I. You know, it's funny. I was actually thinking he was, and I, it was just probably because we just read the comic book where Miles was interacting with him. That's a good point. And actually, I. You know, and I just realized I'm playing Spider-Man PS4. I played that scene where I was Miles Morales encountering uh. the Rhino. So uh, interesting. So yeah, I think that was it though. Yeah, and I, I I mean, visually, everybody is just, it's gorgeous. I mean, we've got, uh, I thought it was a little weird that the Green Goblin was this hulking monster, but I guess it's just a new, it's that universe's interpretation of the character. What? It's like but the I, Ultimate Spider-Man universe. That's what I kind of interpreted well, he didn't as. didn't have wings and stuff. Well, I right, mean, but it was an exaggerated version of it, just like Kingpin was an exaggerated version of the Ultimate yeah, Universe. So... Overall, I mean, it's just, a, I, don't, I really don't know how to say anymore without spoiling the movie. So maybe we should just get into that. Yeah, let's just get into it. So would you, I mean, kind of going away um, before we move into spoilers, you recommend this movie? Would you say, I mean, not that people are going to see it on our recommendation. If you're listening to this, you probably already saw it. You absolutely should go see this movie. It is a fantastic movie. I love the movie. One of my favorite Marvel movies of all time. Go see it. You will not regret it. I'm actually going to go, might go see it again on Christmas Day. Hmm. Lucky guy, yeah. This is uh, this is my favorite Spider-Man movie. It it and I mine been, too. It's mine too. I, I came out of it thinking this is my favorite Spider-Man movie, but I've got to wait a few days to see if like the hype kind of dies down. Maybe maybe it's not as good as I remember it, and it is, <laughs> and I still love it. And I I think beginning to end, um, this is a fantastic journey to see Miles grow as a character. I think this movie does everything it needs to do to show exactly why it doesn't have to be a Peter Parker show. Not that I don't like Peter Parker. I've actually been anti, no, not anti, but I've been, I don't, I don't want them just like shoehorning new characters in just to move legacy characters out. But this movie shows me that they can move on from legacy characters. Now, if you can put a movie out this good with Miles Morales in live action, you absolutely can get, you can move Peter Parker, like do it. Just say au revoir, let Peter ride off into the sunset and let Miles take the reins because this was the perfect example of how a well-done uh, new character can be done. I don't know. Do you think that they could? You think from this end that they could make Miles the star of Spider-Man from going forward? I would be personally okay with it. I don't know that they're going to make Miles the star of Spider-Man going forward, but I, what Not I think that they this... will. But would you be okay with it if they did? I would be okay with it, but what I do think that they will do is they're going to have Holland, and if they do decide to go the direction of Miles Morales, they might try and do Miles as well. And you could do both. I don't understand why you couldn't, um, especially with like a multi-verse type storyline going on potentially in the movies. I mean, nothing's confirmed, but yeah, I think it would be fine. I like it, but for right now, Miles in the animated universe, I think, fits really well and is awesome. And yeah, man, how great was this movie to see him finally get some some experience, some screen time, some respect, man. It's been disrespected for a while, and I've been kind of sick of it. Yeah, I, I and 
I guess we should get into spoilers here so we could talk more specifically about what's oh, going on. Oh, I thought we movie, I but... thought we were already there, but let's go. Oh, well we we didn't say it officially, but now we're I guess we're in spoilers. Um definitely we're in spoilers. So um I think that probably one of the best things that this movie did uh for Miles as a character was not make it in any way easy for him to become Spider-Man. There is no moment does the flip the switch flip where he's all of a sudden it's super easy for him to be Spider-Man and he gets it. From like moment one, it's very clear that he is in no league with the other Spider-Man. In fact, they leave him behind because he is not in league with them or he can't keep up with them. And uh, I think that that is one of the the best things they could have done for that character was to make him struggle and struggle until the very end. I think we only get about 10 minutes of him as like full on Spider-Man get up, you know, doing it properly. Did you uh, did you enjoy that? I think it follows suit with similar to what the MCU did to Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange mm-hmm. wasn't fully established until the end of his movie. And even when he saves the world, he's just kind of like winging it, you know. And that's kind of what Miles does a lot in the movie. And I thought it played to his character very, very well. And it's almost like you were growing with him, you know. You were, mm-hmm. you were watching him grow together. And I really enjoyed that a lot with the story. I think it fit well with this character. But... I don't know. Um, the only thing that worries me is I just, I question, I, I mean, I know this is like kind of like really, really projecting, but you know, you, you brought up the story, uh, the, Oh, uh, you brought up the point a little while ago about, uh, his rogues gallery and kind of like mm-hmm. continuing to go with the Spider-Man thing. I'm just worried about that. You know, like, do you think that they would maybe potentially create a new rogues gallery for him? Yeah. No, I think I think it just means it needs time, but I think that this shows, you know, along with the book and now with this movie, it's like this is he is such a fully realized character. This is not just uh, you know, a gender-flipped Batman or you know, some or like some like it's not the same character but they just changed him just to like change him. This is like a genuinely fully developed separate character that is clicking like that, that actually is being done right and can that has a future and can be his own character and can move out of the shadow of Peter Parker. And I think that they, it just, it's going to take time, but I think that they will probably move on and create his own rogues gallery. And that's, I mean, that's what I said last week. I I don't want to see him fighting the scorpion. I want to see him fighting something completely different. That is, that has its own lore and can, I want to see him grow. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that, and I just, that's my only worry for Miles going forward, is that I just, I hope they don't get lazy, and I hope they don't use this as a way to kind of take their foot off the gas pedal, because I felt like this movie was pedal to the metal the whole way, in terms of their effort, uh, Mm -hmm. trying to familiarize us with Miles, and I hope it just continues to go that way, but. Going back to the, uh, what we were talking about with uh, Chris Pine, and that Spider-Man, I thought that was another good, uh, that was another thing that really... I really enjoyed the fact that they had so Chris Pine is supposed to be the Spider-Man of Miles's universe and whatever universe that is I don't know but this is supposed to be a 23 year old Peter Parker who is essentially at the top of his game in every respect like he's totally Spider-Man this is the perfect Spider-Man not that he's like perfect but he's just the best like he could ever be as Spider-Man and when he first started talking I was like that doesn't sound like Jake Johnson that's kind of weird and, you know, mid-movie, I'm one of those guys. There wasn't anybody else around, though. I, like, popped out my phone. And I was like, oh, it's not. It's Chris Pine. And he kind of has that voice that's very self-assured. Or not, uh, it's very assuring. And I felt very comfortable with him. And then you immediately get that flipped when you get the Jake Johnson Spider-Man, who's very kind of like, hey, yeah, man, you got any money for this food? Like, you know, just not really interested in helping. He's kind of, he's pretty self-absorbed. Um, I thought that was a really cool uh, bit that they did there. See, the way I interpreted it was that Chris Pine's Spider-Man was kind of like the Spider-Man from, I don't want to say the ultimate, or from the movie universe. And then the Jake Johnson Spider-Man was the Spider-Man from the comic universe. I know that that's not at 
all exactly what it is because this is an entirely different universe, entirely different Spider-Man. But in my head, that's the way that I familiarized myself with the characters. So I enjoyed the movie more thinking about it in that way, being like, oh, it's kind of like because in the comics, Spider-Man is around that age, you know, he is around that age and he and he does have he has had problems with Mary Jane in the past. So I like that. And I love that element between the two characters and it fit really well for me. But there's certain elements that I didn't really like about it. Um, I didn't really enjoy how they. Um, I don't know. I, I wish. I wish that we had gotten more time with Spider-Man, with the original Spider-Man, Chris Pine Spider-Man, because mm-hmm. uh, I thought he did a really good job, and it was kind of shitty to see him go. But I will say that I don't think it was spoilerish to say it was Chris Pine because you do see his grave in the in the trailer. But um, yeah, uh, Matt, you are. I know you really like the Ultimate Universe. Do you think this did justice to the Ultimate comic like storyline? Yeah, I didn't even. Um, yeah, I, I guess a no. I mean, so the Ultimate comic book, the spider sneaks into the Prowler's bag, then it yep. bites him. Yep. In Aaron Davis's, wow, I'm surprised I remember that. Um, so this one, he's just with his uncle, and he gets bitten while he's painting that thing, right? Yeah, the expectations uh, graffiti art. Yeah, so he, I, you know, it's it's either way. He just he has to get bitten by a spider. That's really all that has to happen. And uh, I thought it was fine in terms of the universe and what they did in comparison to the Ultimate Universe. I uh, when Spider Man died, when Peter Parker died in the Ultimate Universe, that was, um, you know, it was sad as as sad as you can be with a um, a fictional character. But I think this movie did an amazing job of really helping making you feel the weight that miles has on his shoulders when he he's sitting there at the funeral and he realizes like there's nobody else now like p or spider-man's dead like i've got to step up and i feel like it did a better job um communicating the weight of that um that existence that he now has to live in and the responsibility that falls on his shoulders as a result of that um, I think the movie did an amazing job of putting you and why he put so much pressure on himself, why he was trying to kind of rush something that he needed to let happen naturally was because he was like, it's just me now. Like, I've got to get this right. I've got to be, I, it's only me. And, uh, I, I really enjoyed that. What'd you think of the humor in this movie? I thought the humor fit really good in the story. Oh, it was I, so good. You you mentioned the funeral, and I just and Miles putting the weight on himself, and I I think back to that scene that the guy had where he's he's saying, "Man, they're counting on me," and he's like, "I don't think they're counting on you in particular, yeah. man." That was great. I, I and that was he's like, "No," he's like, "I think that's a more of a general term, not of <laughs> not specific to you." <laughs> that, that was pretty great and there was multiple uh points in this movie that really cracked me up and really was hilarious honestly it w- that was unexpected didn't think i was gonna laugh at at I, you know it's spider-man so i figured i'd get a chuckle here and there but it really was actually pretty funny very marvel movie-esque and i enjoyed that a lot but i want to keep moving forward talking about miles and his origin and i want to talk about aaron davis so mm. What do you think about the Prowler and his introduction to the story and kind of the way that they brought him to screen? I really, really, really enjoyed his character. I thought his character design was really great. His costume was really cool. They changed it up a little bit with how everything turns out for him in the end. But I thought that he still had a very emotional impact on Miles and it really still, in the end, helped him shape who he became. What do you think of Aaron Davis? Yeah, I think that that was really well handled. Um, I think better than the uh, than the Spider-Man Ultimate Spider-Man universe because I believe in that world he ends up com- or Aaron tries to like blackmail him into doing things for him. Yeah, and through the battle he ends up accidentally killing him or Aaron does something that results in his own death, and he has a lot of that guilt. I think this one lended more to helping him develop as a character. Because his, he, you know, he, um, his uncle dies kind of as a result of protecting him. Um, his his uncle is a little bit more redeemable in that regards. But I I thought that he was, and I love Marshall Ali. He's such a great actor, and uh, obviously a great voice actor too. 
but his the only thing that kind of bugged me was the design of the prowler i didn't really like that like really i liked it the kind of spiked vam uh, the spiked dracula collar thing i thought that looked a little weird but um overall i thought he was good he was pretty menacing too as uh just as he's searching out miles in throughout his apartment and everything um i really enjoyed that did um can we move on to another character yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, you want to talk about Kingpin or maybe uh, Aunt May and, and some of those characters? Catherine or? Hahn as Olivia Octavius. Mm. Did not see that coming. Loved it. Loved the arms. They're like bubble arms or they're like inflatable arms or something. I was interpreting them as the plastic, like plastic you yeah. would see like in like a like a vent of some sort, you know, like a yeah, like an air conditioner like a, vent or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. They're yeah. expandable. They can change. They can morph. I loved it. Didn't see that coming at all. I thought it was, and that scene was wonderful, where she's sitting there and putting Spider-Man into the seat and talking to him, and then she's, what did she say? She's like, she talk about how she's gonna like dissect him or something. No, and she's like, like, she says that he's gonna disintegrate because he's in the wrong universe, and she can't wait to watch it happen. And he's oh, like, all right. right, it's time to get out of here now. Yeah, and then she reveals that she's she's uh, the Doc Doctor. Ock from that universe. Yep, yep. That was a great scene. That was a and really her, great scene. I especially loved her. Well, really everybody, but that that fight in the uh, in the house where they're all just duking it out, which is just shows that you can't do that in a live action movie. I mean, you can. It just costs tons and tons of money. But you can do it in think. This is why animation worked so well for this movie. You could do something crazy like having four villains shoved into a living room and fighting four Spider-Men and just seeing the craziness of what happens when all those people are slammed together in the room. Uh, oh, and uh, what do you think of Scorpion? The, his little uh, Darth, uh, Darth Maul legs. You know, I wasn't Scorpion. I, I like the exaggerated look of him, but I didn't really feel like they gave him a lot of screen time. And I, I mean, I realized there was a lot of people to kind of, put on screen so i get it but yeah i don't know i mean i guess he was i i guess i would say it was un, unimpactful to me really it didn't really i like i like tombstone though i thought tombstone was done pretty well see i think tombstone got the short shift man he he really just was kind of in the background the whole time and aunt may takes him out with a bat tombstone is supposed to be like ridiculously resistant to pain yeah that was kind of funny that she took him out with the bat i did notice that I was like, out of all the people that you could have hit with a bat that it actually would have hurt, you picked the one character that actually wouldn't be hurt by getting hit. But that's just me being nitpicky. Um, what do you think of Spider-Gwen? Oh, she was great. She was great. I, I, I couldn't believe how um, funny she had great, great chemistry uh, with Miles um, in terms of just that, like that first interaction where she's gets her head, she's getting her hair shaved because of him. and That was so great. And you know what I really loved was the fact that she didn't, um, she and Miles didn't have a romantic relationship. Not that I, I like that they could just be friends. There was no point where it was like this, like love triangle or will they, won't they? It was just like, no, they're just two Spider-Men and they're doing their thing. I think what, I think what, what you're referring to, I, I think what I enjoyed too about it was they didn't shoehorn it in there. Because yeah, it seems yeah, like yeah. with every Marvel movie, they're shoehorning some relationship in there. And this movie already had so many different elements going on. We had multiple universes. We had Wilson Fisk storylines. We had other Spider-Man storylines. We had Aunt May storylines. We had Peter Parker dying. We had Miles Morales. I mean, it was just going on. So to throw a romantic relationship in that too, I think would have been too much. And mm-hmm. I think it would have been like, ugh. And I agree. I, I, I love Spider-Gwen. I thought she was really, really well done. I didn't. At first, when she reve- revealed herself to be Spider Gwen, I didn't, I didn't realize. It took me a second to be like, "Oh, oh my gosh, that was the girl!" Like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. She's got her head shaved." Oh, okay, there we go. I thought it fit well, man. I thought she did a great job. She was one of the best parts of the movie to me. Yeah, he, she was great. I, I, I want to go to uh, Kingpin here. We kind of touched on him briefly earlier, but what do you think about that that portrayal? I, I like that he isn't like the well-refined kingpin that we got from daredevil he's more of just like he's got that like um that thick like new york and uh jersey kind of accent to him 
He's like just like a he's like a gangster, which was what I really enjoyed. I'm and trying to th- I'm trying to think of what it remi- I'm trying to think of what it reminds me of, and I can't really like. I guess maybe like a character from the animated Batman cartoon, like one of those mobsters from from something like that is what I keep kind of going back to. Yeah, I loved it. I I thought I thought his animation style fit well. I thought whoever I voiced him contrast. did contrast. It. it was Liv great. Shri- Liv Schreiber, dude, it was Sabretooth. Oh wow, yeah, he's good. I mean, he's a good actor too. But yeah, he, I mean, he did great. He he did it's a really f- good job. It's funny that they got Liv Schreiber to do that voice though, because Liv Schreiber has a very deep. Uh, I think he's Australian. Um, I'll check here. Amer- oh no, he's from America. Huh. He's normally got like a very deep voice, and um, and it was just kind of funny that he played like this New Jersey kind of guy. But yeah, he was he was great. I I and I and I hope it came across. I didn't hate the fact that he was tiny, big with a tiny head. I thought that was great. The contrast of him standing next to Miles when they're fighting was awesome. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of the Ultimate Comics comic when Spider-Man and Kingpin actually fight. Because yeah. for whatever reason, when Mark Bagley, when he drew that Spider-Man, I mean, Spider-Man was supposed to be 14 in that. And when he goes against Kingpin, obviously Kingpin's a grown, grown-ass grown man. So there's going to be a contrast in their size. And I felt like they did a really good job in this movie kind of highlighting that as well. Because Miles is, what, 14? Same age? Yeah. So but... Or 13, I think. So... Um, yeah, Kingpin was awesome, man. But in the end, what do you think of his motivation? I thought probably if there's anything that was kind of weak was that. Um, so I guess his Vanessa and his son ran away or were running away when they found out what he was all about and they got in a car accident and died. So he created a hyd- essentially a hydrogen collider to tarot in put it to create a tear in the universe to get a duplicate copy of his wife and son so that he could have them again that was that's like the weakest part of the movie it was the weakest part that's why i highlight it (laughs) but i mean i was at by the point at the point in the movie where you really kind of understand what his deal is and why there's a hydrogen collider and all this stuff you're already so far into the movie it's like i can forgive it (laughs) <laughs> no i i get it i just that was the one thing it, it, it came across as really weak there could have been other reasons but for him to just want his family back was i mean I, i'm not crapping on anybody who's ever lost their family or has any lost any family member and not saying that but i'm all i'm saying is good god you know to open a multi-dimensional portal <laughs> to like yeah. create another family <laughs> i mean that's like that's that's some dedication i mean that's some real dedication yeah. and he didn't even care the scientists were telling him you know like this is you're gonna die and he's turn it up to 10 bitch i don't care he was he was pissed I mean, did you hear him he said it just like that yeah, it scared me. I mean, I I had to cover my ears after that. You turned up your volume on your phone. You're like, yeah. okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I think there's. I want to talk about the post credit scene here, and then kind of talk about where we think this can go. But did you have any other thoughts? No. Yeah. I'll, all I all I really want to say is, um, it was awesome to see oh. Miles grow grow in this way. It was really cool. Um, I I have a real connection with Miles because of the way that uh, he kind of becomes Miles in the comics, and they changed it a little bit in this story. So it sucked kind of not getting that same element. Um, I don't know if you know if you're familiar with the storyline, Matt, where Miles encounters Venom for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, his mom and, dies. And it, in yes, part it's, of it. oh, yes, sorry, it's, I spoiled that. <laughs> Right. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, but, you know, it's a really and it's a real moment for him that helps define him. And he quits being Spider-Man for a while after that. And that's something that uh, maybe they'll do that in a sequel. Maybe. Who knows? But no, you know, I sorry, go ahead. No, sorry, all, all sorry. I was going to say is that's something that really co- helped me connect with Miles a lot as a character. And they didn't really have that in this movie. So I felt a little let down because of that but at the same time it was still such a good movie and i realize it's a pg movie you're not gonna have that being a pg movie you know like you're not gonna show a kid that that you know, that'd be really traumatic and so so i get that but uh it's what were you gonna PG say matt 13. i think it's pg-13 it's pg pretty sure pretty sure i heard the word shit in there PG. um anyways um i was gonna say i actually really enjoyed the fact that he both his parents are alive and I, I thought that was a great contrast for him 
um, in contrast to Peter, because they go through, you see every single time a new Spider-Man's introduced, you get their uh, origin story, which I thought was great. It was awesome. But Loved that every single that. one of them had this tragedy and, you know, Miles had a tragedy with his uncle, but, you know, that wasn't his driving force. You know, he, ultimately he realized being with his family and, and, and having his family as a support was the, um, what, what gave him his inner strength, I would assume. So I, I really enjoyed the fact that his family was there for him and that he had that connection with his dad. Um, maybe hopefully see a little bit more development with his relationship with his mom in the next movie. But uh, I did enjoy the fact where he's he's saying goodbye to his dad at the end while fully suited as Spider-Man. He's like, well, all right, love you. And he's just like, wait, what? When he gives him the hug, that was, <laughs> that was, was classic. I was he was like, huh, okay, like whatever, dude. Why are you hugging me? Yeah, that was pretty great. Um, I was going to say before we move on to the end credits and kind of wrap up here, the uh, Stanley. This is one of Ooh. his last few ones, Ooh. and I thought that his – uh his cameo was just so perfect because just like stan it's like it's heartfelt and then they kind of pull the rug out from under you and make you laugh um so stan is he's the guy selling miles his uh the fake or the the spider-man costume and uh spider-man says this is gonna fit and he says eventually it fits everyone and it's like this heartfelt Oh, like everybody can, anybody can be Spider-Man. And then it pans over and it says, all sales are final. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it's going to fit you one way or another because you're not returning it here. Uh, what'd you think? It made, made me emotional, man. Made me a little emotional seeing that. Yeah. Not going to lie. I, I was a little saddened by that, but it was a great cameo. And in the end, I was really glad that it was Stanley that gave him the costume and said that to him in that way. I, I thought mm-hmm. that was a good nod to him. I, I enjoyed that, that scene quite a bit, but, um, yeah, you got anything else you want to add about old Stanley? No. Rest in peace, Stan. No. Yeah, yeah, there's a is a good one. They had a nice tribute to him in Ditko too. Um, oh, mid credits. Yeah, which is uh, which is really nice. So, um, yeah, let's talk about the end credit scene, which was uh, probably one of the best things that came out of this movie. And, you're gonna have to help, uh, you're gonna have to help me with this. Yeah, so we we cut in and it's a you hear just your voiceover. You're kind of seeing some images flash through, and we hear Oscar Isaac talking to Alila. Don't really know what's going on. She tells him that the universe bracelet or universe hopping whatchamajigger is ready, and he'll be able to jump between universes. And we pan out. We see that Oscar Isaac is voicing Miguel O'Hara, the Spider-Man 2099, which is awesome. Loved it. How how are you feeling up at this point, Ian? I enjoyed it as well. Uh, I'm not too familiar with who the character is, but I do know based off of uh, video games that we've played in the past and seeing Mm -hmm. the suit before. So I'm well familiar with who he is. uh, But yeah, I I, I enjoyed it. I I thought it was really cool. And then he jumps into the Spider-Man 1967 meme of the two Spider-Men pointing at each other. It was awesome. It was awesome. I died. I died laughing. The whole theater just laughed. Was it was just perfect. And the fact that that meme has been seen by so many people that everybody in the theater recognizes it. Not was everybody. Just great. Not everybody. Oh, uh, your girl, your Chan didn't notice it. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if she knows what that meme is. I don't know if she's familiar with that meme. But uh, that was one of the best scenes. I I laughed so hard because they were just pointing at go. each other back and forth and. You stop pointing at me. That? You're pointing at me. No, it's me. You're pointing oh, at me. So great. So great. Yeah, I, I loved it. And that that's just kind of the cap on a really, really great movie. I can't wait for this to come out. I, I'm oh, I'm going to buy it. Instantly buy going this. to buy it. So let me ask you, where is it Where's it ranked for you, Marvel movies? For Marvel movies as a whole, that's kind of hard let's to go, Let's I'd go. To... Oh, come on. Well, I, I don't really I, – that's – I don't even really know, feel like I'm firm in my Marvel movies. I could rank it for my Spider-Man movies. It's number one. Marvel movies, it's, it's top five. I would say it's top five Marvel movie. Okay, yeah. I can't at tell least, you where. At least ballpark. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. What about right. you? Uh, Sounds for like me, you were prepared. Yeah, I'm prepared. You already, you got to already know this, man. It's it To me, it's the best Marvel movie I've ever seen. I've never seen a Marvel movie as well done as this movie. It was put together well. The music was well. The characters were done well. Other than Kingpin's motivation, this movie was perfection. And, yeah, I think it's the best Marvel movie I've ever seen. Uh, this barely, barely, barely nudged out um, Captain America Civil War? 
uh, and some of my other top ones. I don't know exactly if I would rank Infinity War as my number one, but yeah, I was, um, yeah, it, it was amazing. I'm definitely going to buy it when it comes out for sure. Okay. Yeah, me too. I can't wait to show my kids this movie. Yeah. And it's going to, it's going to make a ton of money. Oh, well, this yeah. can't be right. It says it only made 129.6 so far. This thing is going to go forever. Um, okay. So moving on, we are in the midst of Christmas. Christmas is two days away as of this recording. So me and Ian took the opportunity to buy each other some gifts. Now I have to run downstairs and grab mine. And Ian did not get his from the post office when I told him to. No, so, they uh, they texted me like two minutes before they closed and let me know that the package was there. So I was not going to drive there two minutes before they closed. I don't see the problem here. I'm going to leave this recording while I run down for two seconds. Great. So, um, Ian, d- do some filler. Okay, I'm back. Did you talk? Nope. <sighs> now I'm just going to have to insert random stuff. Okay, Ian. So... We're going to do is open our presents live. So I'm just actually just going to send Ian a photo of what I got him and you'll see it. So I'm going to send you a photo. Ian, don't look at it yet. You should have just not said that. And you could have just put a crinkling noise in there and it could have been theater of the mind, but theater of the mind. No, I want it's, it's sending. We're, we'll wait. Okay. I guess while we're waiting, I'll open mine. Don't look at your phone yet though. Oh no, it's sent. Ian, take a look at your phone. I think you're going to love it. Oh, it's a Rick and Morty replica gun portal gun portal gun funko that's awesome yeah that is really actually cool. i gotta figure out f- where i'm gonna put it though but it is pretty cool it's a flashlight too and it beams the uh the image of the portals on your wall oh well i might have to use that when i walk my dog there you go hope you enjoy that probably will okay here's your theater of the mind can you hear that crinkling oh nice Oh, this will go perfect with my Spider-Man. Ian got me a uh, Vulture Funko mm-hmm. from uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. This is going to go great with my Spider-Man. Yeah, It'll you still, co- I need... still collect your Funkos? Oh, yeah. No, they're, right. they're, all, uh, they're all in the kitchen upstairs. Well, it, it, that sounds weird, but that's where they just happen to be displayed until we get our garage finished. But, yeah, this is great. I need more villains. Yeah, Vulture was, uh, he's one of my favorites, but, uh, yeah. Oh, man, this is badass. It's, like, fully suited, wings out. Is it a bobblehead one? It's a bobblehead one or not? Yeah, Mm -hmm. okay, cool. I like the bobblehead ones. Yeah, those are the better ones. Yeah, yeah, I know. Some of them are the stationary heads. Oh, no, but he's, oh, and he's got the clawed feet out, so he has even more area to, like, hold himself up. Some of the, some of the characters have, like, my, uh, I got Mega Man. His feet are so small, and the head is so big, it's so hard to stand it up. But this guy, he's got his claws out, man. He is like, I'm not moving. Sweet. Thank you, Ian. You're welcome. And whenever you get yours, I hope you enjoy it. I will, and thank you. Thank you. I will. I'm gonna I'm sure my dog will enjoy it. Yeah, don't let the dog chew on it though. I won't. Okay. Well, we have two more things to do before we get out of here, Ian, and that's uh what we're into. So Ian, what have you been into lately? Alrighty, so I have been into been reading volume five of American Vampire, still in the middle of it. I actually have been reading it, about three issues into it. It's really good thus far. Uh, Dustin Nguyen is now doing the art style on it, so it's been a changeover from Raphael Albuquerque. So uh, it was a bit of a transition at first. I wasn't sure if I was going to like it, but I do enjoy it a lot. Outcast came out this last week, so I've been reading that. That's awesome. I finally got Spider-Man PS4 back from Matt, so I've been playing that, uh, and I'm really excited about that. I got stuck, as I mentioned to Matt earlier this week, at a one of those... If anybody who's played the game, you would know. There's a scene where you become Miles Morales or Mary Jane, and you have to elude these uh, guards, and, and you have to be quiet, and you have to use stealth, and it's a horrible part of the game because it's very difficult So to put my game back in my PlayStation, and that's the first thing I have to encounter... Wasn't fun, but and you promptly threw it out the window. I literally put it in, saw that it was that part, put another game in. Told myself I'd do it the <laughs> next day. Didn't want to do it. I don't blame you. So, uh, lastly, I've been into Marvel Strike Force. They have a Miles Morales event going on right now where you can create him and have him be on your team. So, yeah, I've been really into that. But that's that's been it. What about you, Matt? What have you been into? Um, I have been into a new podcast lately. Um, so. 
Our father is actually very much into history. I've never really been into it that much, uh, but I've actually been getting into it a lot recently. And I've started listening to Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. So this is a podcast. He originally put out like four episodes a year. Now he puts out like two episodes a year. Uh, They're like three to four hours long. And it's these deep dives into history. So right now I'm, I'm just starting in the five part. Um, the build-up to Armageddon, which is talking about the... I know this isn't comics, this isn't super exciting, but if you're interested in history, it's um, like five three-hour episodes talking about the build-up of build-up to World War One, the events of World War One, and then how they led into World War Two, which I find fascinating. So if you like history, if you want something you can just listen to and turn on and kind of forget about it, well, not really forget about it, but learn and just get a whole bunch of information uh dan carlin's hardcore history highly recommend it he only put out he only puts out two episodes a year and his last the newest newest episode came out in july and normally the second one dumps at so it's like usually like july january so the january one will be coming out here soon hopefully um anyways check that out uh ian anything else before we move on no, that's all I got, Matt. I'm ready to move on and close up the shop for the year. Okay. Well, Ian, where can I find you online? Uh, you can follow me at Ian Sasquatch on Twitter and Bigfoot's Uncle Ian on the PlayStation Network. Matt, what about you? Uh, you can find me at Armchair Matt on Twitter. And Ian, where can people follow the show? You can follow the show and vote on the polls at Earth919 on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find us on Facebook.com slash Earth919pod. You can listen to the show on any platform that you find your podcast. And remember, any views for our show are greatly appreciated and they genuinely help us grow. So we appreciate it. And thank you. That's all I got, Matt. Hey, Ian, did we ever wrap up those uh, giveaways? Uh, we, I'm still trying to, we have some winners and I guess I can announce two of them, but, uh, let's let's do them all at once next week if you want to wait. Yeah, I'd prefer to wait. Uh, there's one more winner that we're still trying to hear back up from. So, uh, okay. But yeah, let's wait one more week. Cool. Okay. And, uh, be sure to check out the, uh, Ian, uh, our Twitter, Ian put up the, uh, the whole rundown of all the, uh, all the, uh, the, um, stuff that we're giving away on those giveaways in there as well. So, and uh, I think next week we're going to be doing kind of a best ofs episode talking about the year. Uh, we don't have enough best of material and I don't have the patience to like cut together our show. I just mean, we're going to talk, we're going to re- talk about the year and review some of the best comics that we read. Um, so we'd love to hear from you, what you thought for 2018, what were your say, some of your favorite comics, some of your favorite moments, best, worst, anything. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, just hit us up at earth 919 pod on Twitter. And uh, Ian, if that's it, uh, I guess it is time to say goodbye. See you next year, everybody. Peace out. I don't know if it's going to be next year, but maybe it will. Yeah, we'll see. Close enough. Yeah, something like that. See you later. All right, and have a Merry Christmas if this comes out before Christmas time. Have a good holiday, everybody. Bye.